Hi, I'm Chris, and thanks for joining us today on the BSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. You might be wondering, where the heck is Matt? Matt Pacilli spent a year establishing and hosting this podcast, and for that, we at the VSJ will forever be grateful. He's left the organization for another opportunity, and we wish him the best and hope to see him out at a golf course in the future. Myself, I'm Chris Lang, the VSJ's Manager of Media and Communications and Editor of Virginia Golfer Magazine. We'll continue to strive to tell the stories of golf in Virginia on this platform, speaking to everyone from players to teaching professionals to golf influencers and anyone in between who makes golf in Virginia special. Today, we're catching up with Kent Holobar, Manager of Championships and Junior Golf at the VSGA. We spoke to Kent last year as he prepared for the 100-hole hike to support Youth On Course, and boy did Kent ever come through, raising more than $10,000 for Youth On Course in Virginia, a benchmark that earned him a trip to Pebble Beach as a thank you for his diligent fundraising efforts. Today's conversation is a follow-up detailing that process and sharing memories from the Pebble Beach trip. Also, we'll talk about the upcoming BSGA Junior Golf Circuit season set to resume in the coming weeks. Here's our conversation with Kent, and as always, thanks for listening. All right, Kent, thanks for joining us today. Hey, man, I really appreciate you having me. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, we want to talk a little bit about the 100-hole hike and, and everything that went into that back in uh, September of last year. And I know that we had had you on the podcast before talking beforehand, but we never really followed up with some of the stuff that, that happened afterwards. And the most exciting part being the fundraising aspect of it for you. I know that we initially, when we asked for hikers uh, to, uh, for, for fundraising goals, we're, I think we talked, what, $1,500? Was yeah, the initial goal? Yeah, I, I guess start low and get surprised if you exceed that. So I think we all just said, let's just go 1500 That should be a, an attainable goal for most everybody. So when did you think that uh, 10000 was was attainable at that point? You know, to, to talk about the $10,000 incentive and everything was uh, – was kind of under the radar for a while. So I don't think a lot of us knew that it was there, which was totally fine. It was kind of more ambitious to see how high you could get. Um, I think I thought $10,000 was attainable uh, at about the $7,000 mark. Then we found out that, hey, a trip to Pebble and Spy Class could be in the mix here. Uh, so I think that was just a different angle to you know, uh, reach out to people about fundraising, not only that just love junior golf, but maybe wanted to help individuals get to that trip. So what was your pitch when you were talking to people? And, and how did you kind of get, uh, obviously you've been in junior golf in Virginia for, for quite some time now. How did you kind of mobilize that network to help you reach that goal at this point? I think where I started was the, the families that I've uh, had a really good connection with over the past several years. Uh, you know, if I throw out a few like the Kennedys, uh, the Maloney's, Cars, Burgesses, Nevins, Montagues. You know, some of these families go back that their kids are no longer in junior golf or have surpassed college golf. And so I started with them. I knew that I had a personal great relationship with them and they had seen their kids grow through junior golf and get to college and play and, you know, have a dream to do that so I felt like that was a good starting point when you went to talk to people about youth on course what was kind of the the, the pitch or the elevator message to, of, of trying to sell them on on donating to the cause yeah I had, I had talked to Glenn Gray a little bit who's one of our board of directors and had uh, done the hike before and he gave me a 
kind of his message, which was a bunch of facts. You know, this is how much money Youth on Course has raised over the years, and this is how how many kids they've uh, provided access to. And so some of those easy numbers, I think, is is great for someone to be like, wow, this organization's doing a lot. So when you kind of think about the future now that you've gone through this once, where where do you think the, the future of the fundraising is for the 100-hole hike? Especially because you in the novelty of the first time will have worn off a little bit, and you're you're sure. going back for a second ask for for this year's hike in 2022. Yeah, I think that you know it, it is saying thank you to those people that chose to support junior golf and youth on course and myself. You know through those friendships and the you know relationships that I formed. So first, it's a thank you and you know, will you be willing to support the cause again? And it's really not about getting me to Pebble. It's really not. It's about, you know, creating this base, um, this fundraising base for Youth On Course so that we can open up the doors to more access in Virginia, get more courses on Youth On Course, um, and just provide more opportunities. So it's not me. The trip was sweet, but it's not me. It is really for the kids. Yeah. And, and have you heard some any of the success stories of, of kids that have gotten a chance to to uh, experience this program and play golf for five dollars and, and really get a club in their hands? I think so. I, the name slip of my mind now, but uh, his his dad he hiked with us at the Hollows, and he's had youth on course membership for a while, and so they'll do traveling around the country and take access of the youth on course opportunities. So, you know, they've played in Texas and Florida and, you know, wherever else. And, you know, just being a part of that trip to Pebble and having a dinner with everyone else that, you know, raised the amount, amount of money that I did, if not more, you can just feel the energy in the room and, and hear about, you know, the different people that hiked and, you know, how long they've been involved with it. So it was pretty cool. Speaking of the hike itself, I mean, what kind of things did you learn uh, actually going through it and being out there the entire day and, and, and getting through this and reaching the goal. And, and you guys did it in a pretty reasonable amount of time, too, considering. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, we did the math ahead of time. You know, if we go back and listen to the uh, initial 100-hole hike podcast, it was like, oh, man, we're going to have to hit each hole in, like, seven minutes or something like that. We didn't know how much daylight. You know, it just was all, like, mathematical things. But, uh yeah, I, I started hiking with Will Saunders, an, another board member, and by the third hole, I, I was gone. I mean, it, I just was trying to keep pace, and so I think what I didn't know was maybe I should actually try to walk more rounds <laughs> this year when I play and maybe not ride so much, but I was booking it, and I, I finished after teeing off at like 6.45. I think I finished just before 2.30, and so then Matt Pachilli was right behind me, and it, yeah, we, we played quick, but uh, I think we could play slower if we wanted to. But I kind of enjoyed just seeing how fast we could get it done. Yeah, it's an incredible experience. And, that, and, and to finish it in that amount of time was, you know, we were out there by myself and Connor Jones and some other people from staff uh, doing some support. And it was really cool to see you guys, uh, you know, really, really lean into the, the initiative and, and have some fun out there with it, too, and not just act like it's a chore to do this. You guys, no, man. You guys look like you're having a lot, a lot of fun. It was. You know, your legs are burning after a while, and you're like, how many more holes do I have? You know, did I lose count or whatever? But I got to say, you know, we're a staff of, like, 13 or 14, and to see you all come out, uh, it was it was really cool. You know, just to kind of words of encouragement or, 
you know, hand us a drink or whatever it was. It was it was awesome to be out there and, and see some familiar faces. And the Hollows was awesome for giving us those nine holes and didn't have to encounter anyone else but our own hikers. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I'm speaking about awesome. Let's talk about the trip. Uh, your, your opportunity to go out to California and play several really cool golf courses out there, including Pebble Beach. I mean, just yeah. take us through all the courses that you got to play, first of all. So flew out on the Saturday. Gosh, I, f I forget the date. I want to say maybe it was like the 15th or something. That's probably wrong. But I uh, flew into San Francisco and drove down. I thought for sure I would, you know, make time to go play Pacific Grove, but it, it didn't work out. And so I just found myself driving directly to Pebble and uh, kind of hanging out on 18 while the sun set. So that was a cool first start. And then tee off on Sunday at 8:30 in the morning with one of our other hikers, Don Bostic, who, you know, he hiked at Schoolhouse Nine um, with a different group, but hiked for us. And so meeting him for the first time, we shared a caddy, we hit it off, and played with two staff members from Youth on Course, uh, Hugh and Grant. And man, we just had an awesome round. It was it was great to have the caddy experience, to be with some familiar people. Um, and I quickly figured out or decided that it wasn't gonna be about the score that I shot, it was gonna be about the experience that I was having with those guys and that golf course and great weather and all that stuff. I mean, it's gotta be a rush. You've seen Pebble Beach on TV through US Opens and through the AT&T Pro-Am. You've I seen know. it in video games yeah. to actually get out there and, and hit that shot on the, on the number seven and, the, and to uh, the, the long shot, is it six? Is that the par five where you yeah. have to go over the, over the canyon basically? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we were just seeing some highlights on TV earlier for the AT&T Pro-Am, and, you know, it does. It, it brings back the memories of, I had that shot. I know what that angle looks like, or wish I could do that shot over a little bit. But, yeah, it's going to be cool to watch the, uh, the Pro-Am uh, in a couple days here and, and see what it looks like on TV versus actually walking those fairways. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, what did you learn about the greater youth on course community from you were talking about uh, some of the people that you met out there, especially with the national organization and, and kind of how their mission tr trickles down to the local level? You know, I remember uh, youth on course reaching out to us maybe five or six years ago to get involved. And, you know, we all kept putting it off, you know, from the staff level or the board level. And finally, you know, to begin 2021, decided that like, this was the right time. And so as we got into it, you start these conversations with their staff members, got to be on, you follow the youth on course on Instagram, and they do a great job of maybe reposting things or tagging other hikers um, with their early hikes. And I don't know, just kind of following things and realizing from the 100 hole hike page, Where's the VSG stand on the fundraising goals? Where do you stand as an individual? And it, it kind of helps drive a lot of things. You know, it'd be great to be the top association. So, you know, for a while there was VSGA and Carolina's Golf Association trying to get the top spot, which I think they nudged us out. I mean, we don't have battles with them in anything else anyway. <laughs> no, so. not the invitationals yeah, or anything. Kind of crazy. But what, what other courses did you get to play out there? Uh, so after Pebble, we had uh, another you know, great incentive lined up through Youth on Course. We played Spyglass, and I think a lot of people dropped out because the forecast really turned, the rain came, the winds were gusting like 20 to 25 miles an hour, but I showed up, and I'm <laughs> I texted Hugh Smith, who's on staff with Youth on Course. I'm like, Hugh, are you still doing this? And sure enough, he was there, and Michael Lowe on staff came out. So us three 
played that round in off and on rain and wind and I did the whole caddy experience again and man it it honestly couldn't have been better you know running tournaments for the VSGA and knowing that we wouldn't probably play a competitive round in those conditions but battling and having fun with those guys it, it made it so much more worthwhile to to sink a putt on 18 even though the cup was filled with water <laughs> <laughs> um you know, kind of bringing it back to home here a little bit. We're, we're moving into February here and the VSGA Junior Golf Circuit, which you've been uh, intimately involved with for years now, uh, set to resume here pretty soon. You know, yeah. what, kind of, what kind of things do, do you expect, uh, new things in 2022 for the, for the kids to, to get out there and see? Yeah, we're excited about another season, another uh, opportunity to grow competitive golf. Uh, I think we're going to see, first off, we'll have a new coordinator in Northern Virginia. His name is Mitchell Freeborn. He's taking place of uh, Tommy Smith, who was with us for a long time. Um, Mitchell's an instructor out at the Eisman Golf Academy, so he's got a, a connection to junior golf. So we're excited to have him um, in a, a part of us. We're going to do our best to uh, get more girls playing into the 36-hole events. Uh, we're going to try to have a few girls only nine and 18 hole events in each region. And we're going to try to just schedule each junior golf circuit event to benefit golfers to get into championships. So whether that's, you know, put an 18 hole event before a qualifier that we have for the junior stroke play or before the junior girls championship, I think a lot of players will be able to take advantage of the junior golf circuit schedule to get prepared for VSJ junior championships or even other competitive rounds they're playing. And you talk a lot about a roadmap when it comes to the junior golf circuit and, and development. You know, wh what would you tell the, the parent of a six-year-old who's picking up a club for the first time and, and what their progression could and should look like at that age? I think it's awesome to see the five and six-year-olds come out and play. Any junior that plays in a nine-hole event can have an adult or someone else caddy for them, which is great regardless of age. Uh, so for a six-year-old, I would say let's just go out there and have fun. We're gonna try to set the golf course up uh, to be a little bit shorter, hopefully get some birdies out there. And ultimately, if you can win your age group and that age group has at least three players in it, or you can win your age group twice, you're gonna qualify for the nine hole championship. So I think that is like one of the, one of the carrots to, to go for. Um, we're gonna have Salisbury host the nine hole championship this year. So excited about that. I think that's an, an easy goal for a six year old to try to get to. And then, too, I mean, what, what if you're, you're a junior in high school and for the first time you go out with your buddies and they're like, hey, let's go, let's go play golf. And, and how do you get that kid into it? And, and, and there's obviously opportunities for them to play as well. Yeah, if we're talking about like a high school boy or girl, it doesn't really matter. I, I think it's, you know, playing a similar yardage uh, that they're going to play in high school. Um, so stay competitive, not only physically, but mentally throughout the summer so that you're ready for your season, whether that's, you know, public school in the fall or private school in the spring. For the boys, they do have a little bit more incentive. So maybe they can earn enough points to be in the top 10 of the player rankings by July 1st, you know, get into the junior stroke play at Riverbend. Maybe for the boys and the girls, it's, hey, I want to get to the junior golf circuit championship. I want to know that I earned my spot there. Um, so just a, a bunch of different opportunities. It just depends on how you want to look at it, you know? I think that it's just about staying competitive. 
and you touched a little bit about the new uh, Northern Virginia coordinator, but I'd give you an opportunity to kind of shout out all of the regional coordinators and you know what, yeah. what do they mean to the VSGA and, and what they do for, for junior golf in Virginia? So currently Mitchell Freeborn in Northern Virginia, Peter Hamm in Southwest Virginia, Ed Gill in Richmond, and uh, Michelle Holmes in Hampton Roads. Uh, we're gonna kind of do our own thing in, in the office with our interns to handle Charlottesville and Harrisonburg where we would traditionally have a coordinator. Uh, but we really couldn't do it without any one of our coordinators. They help us do administer the nine and the 18 hole events. They hear what is happening with the kids, kind of what they're looking for. A lot of them teach kids too so it's a nice way to say, hey, let's test your skills out of these lessons. Let's enter this nine-hole event or this 18-hole event. Let's, let's see what you can do out there. What, to, in your opinion, what's kind of been the biggest key to the growth of the junior golf circuit in the last couple of years? I know membership numbers are, are rising steadily, and it's, it's looked really good. But what, what's been the key? Is it just promotion? Is it word of mouth? What, 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 what in your estimation, is it? I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, we are fortunate that golf is in a great spot right now. But I think, that, I think that people are understanding that the junior golf circuit's here, even with the single-day events, to keep players competitive. It can still be fun, but it is definitely on the competitive side. And we're trying to have these events in areas where they can still get a look by a college coach. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a multi-day event to maybe turn a college coach's head and say, oh, I, yeah, I'll come out and watch you on the back nine or something like that. So I, I think we're getting a lot of exposure. We're getting a lot of support from our member clubs, and we'd love to just continue to you know, grow that and see if we can get some juniors access to even more competitive rounds at some great facilities. Well, it sounds like we got a pretty good year in 2022 coming up. Man, yeah, I'm man. looking forward to seeing uh, the junior championships and see the circuit continue to grow. and. and uh, looking forward to seeing what, what, what occurs with Youth On Course here in 2022 as well. Yeah, we're excited too. You know, the Youth On Course membership is offered with the Junior Golf Circuit membership, so I think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of benefit there. So we're looking to kill it again in 2022 and hopefully top what we did last year. All right, man. Sounds like fun. All right. I appreciate your time, Ken. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Ken Hollibar for joining us on today's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. And thank you all for listening. Is your child interested in playing in competitive VSGA events? As Kent referenced, the VSGA hosts tournaments for those ages 5 through 19 of all skill levels. Beginners can learn the game in a fun environment, and advanced competitive players can test their games against the best players on the best courses Virginia has to offer. Be sure to visit VSGA.org to find more information on both the VSGA Junior Golf Circuit and Youth On Course. Until next time, so long.